We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, this Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. Hello, 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 my uh, favorite patriots. I am Sherry Wilson, the host of We the Deplorables. This is the place for faith, family, and freedom. This is a place where we basically expose how, what would be the word, lacking in intelligence some of our politicians and elites and media and academia are trying to run this country. I was encouraged today to find out that in New York State, uh, they are forming sanctuary cities, sanctuary counties, and even some Democrats are joining uh, the, what's the word, the cause to protect our constitutional rights against tyranny, which unfortunately was opened up when President Trump uh, shut down the country and turned over the process of how to protect citizens and when to open, et cetera, et cetera. He handed it over to some good governors, some tyrannical governors. So there are good things happening, and I feel that we're in a time where we're going to see if our Constitution is going to protect us as a nation or not. And uh, we're going to do basically a short episode on how uh, basically white folk in this country are decreasing at alarming rates. Now, uh, what really bothers me is not so much that. I, we're a diverse country. That doesn't bother me at all. What does bother me is when Democrats are shipping in um, people from other countries who they think will be Democrat voters when they're opening the border in Mexico because they think they'll have future Democrat voters. Uh, you know, they uh, scoff at the idea of replacement theory, but it's a very real thing, and it's working. And so our job is actually going to be to promote the American values door to door, city by city, county by county, and until this country is restored back to the original intent of the Constitution. And so I am encouraged by New York, a very liberal state, for taking these measures and even some Democrats uh, joining them. You've got Manchin of West Virginia who it refuses to say yes to this. Um, they call it an infrastructure bill, but only one in $3 or one in $4 actually go to infrastructure. It's actually an anti-white bill, which I'll show you in a little bit. But I was alarmed at the response some people have in this country on the latest census, the 2020 census, showing a 5 million drop in white folk in this country. 
And a lot of it is fentanyl. There's a lot of people that are dying from that. However, there are just as much black people or um, uh, minority people um, like Hispanic stuff, but really it's hitting uh, black and white people hard. So I can't say that's the only factor. But uh, again, what bothers me is response. And I want you to listen carefully to this episode of Tucker, where he talks about what's happening. And he says, there is no way to more permanently wreck the country than the they being white people and the us being minorities. Like, we're oppressive, evil, and inherently racist, which we've been talking about for many, many weeks. So listen to this uh, episode of Tucker Carlson, August 13th, 2021, and listen very carefully to those who celebrate the fact that white people are being diminished in this country. It seems like just the other day that America's self-described moral leaders were denouncing us for pointing out the obvious. Democrats are intentionally accelerating demographic change in this country for political advantage. So rather than convince people to vote for them, that's called democracy, they're counting on brand new voters. That's what we said on the show. Immediately after we said that, they became completely hysterical. They tried to pull us off the air. They said we were espousing something called the Great Replacement Theory, a well-known racist fantasy. Right, in other words, shut up. And then this week, the new census numbers came out. Here's what those numbers show. The number, not the proportion, but the absolute number of Americans who describe themselves as white has dropped for the first time in our history since the census began back in 1890. The total decline is around 5 million people. Now that is huge. Experts who study demographics for a living were shocked by it. They'd never seen anything like this. Why did this happen? Where did all these people go and why? They're Americans, remember. Well, as leading Democrats put it again and again, who cares? Fewer white people in America is a great thing, and we should celebrate. Right now, Stephen Miller and Donald Trump are at Mar-a-Lago, and they're throwing up because this is not the America they want to see. I was at the White House the other day, and guess who's got Stephen Miller's <laughs> old office? Her name is Susan Rice, and she's Sue, one of us. And guess who is in Ivanka Trump's old office? Julie Rodriguez. Who? She is Cesar Chavez's oh, granddaughter. Did you hear that? Her name is Susan Rice. She's one of us. Meaning she's Democrat? No. It means she's not white. Us is the non-white people cheering the extinction of white people. That was on television. Think about that for a minute. It's hard to think about it, actually, because it's that evil. And if you wanted to encourage permanent racial division, maybe even violence in America, that is exactly how you would talk on television. These people are completely out of control. They are dangerous. And it's not just CNN analysts who are talking this way. By the way, once again, there is no more divisive thing that you could say on television. There is no way you could more quickly and more permanently wreck the country than to encourage people to gloat over the decline of a race. Seriously? Imagine any other race. People talking like that. It's, it's nuts, actually. But again, members of Congress are talking that way, or even fake ones. Here's Eleanor Holmes Norton, who pretends to serve in Congress. Look at where the population is, and that's how we win or have to try to win in the census numbers, because the population growth has been in the cities and, and in the suburbs, among minorities, uh, and that's what gives us some leverage. Got that? Democrats win when we have fewer white people in the country, and that's why they're celebrating the new census numbers. She just said that out loud. 
You should never say anything like that out loud. But they are. At the Washington Post, columnist Jennifer Rubin joined the cheering. Fewer white people, she wrote, you can look it up, is, quote, fabulous news. Now we need to prevent minority white rule. Minority white rule? Do you recognize that phrase? Oh, South Africa. That's what she wants, South Africa. She said it. We didn't. We would never say something like that. But wait a second, you ask. What about the numbers? What happened to all those white people who are now missing from the census? Well, it turns out many of them perished in the opioid epidemic. Hundreds of thousands of young Americans, mostly from rural communities, dead from drug overdoses. A columnist from the Washington Post is cheering that. Their deaths are fabulous, she says. It's hard even to know how to respond to that. So we're going to pull back and let Pedro Gonzalez assess it. He's the associate editor at Chronicles Magazine, and we're happy to have him join us now. Pedro, thanks so much for coming on. Boy, if you wanted to wreck the United States and cause actual conflict, you would talk like Jen Rubin. What, why are they talking this way? Because this is about power and control. And the, the funny thing about the Rubin narrative is basically uh, white people are being marginalized, but you're not allowed to notice you're not even allowed to talk about it. And if you disagree with them being marginalized, you're racist. It's racist, of course, because supposedly white people are the villains of human history. That is an absurd calumny. The truth is that the specter of white supremacy is used to fuel the growth of a corrupt political order. And whites are, in fact, the victims in this system. If you look at things like wages and life expectancy, those have fallen for the white working class while they've risen for all other groups. If you look at our culture of affirmative action, we disadvantage white people in this country in jobs and schooling, and we do it by lowering expectations and standards for everyone else. Deaths related to suicide, and as you noted, drug overdoses, and alcohol-related illnesses, these things have soared for middle-aged white men and women in the last 20 years. And people like Jennifer Rubin can do little than say, you deserve it, I'm going to spit on your grave, and you're not allowed to notice or do anything about it. All of this is the result of deliberate policy choices, not from the Democratic Party. It, it's also a Republican Party problem. The Uniparty is a real thing. The ruling class in this country has deconstructed the nation it was entrusted to govern. It invited millions of people into this country and told them that any disparity in outcome, you just point to a white person and say, it's your fault. It, it's psychotic. But historically, this is what imperial and colonial governments do. They encourage division between groups in other words, making people hate each other is the point. The, the neoliberal politics of racial grievances, of demographic deconstruction, are about poisoning the moral character of Americans and making them so hateful toward each other that they don't notice people like Rubin and they don't notice people like the Uniparty are actively trying to destroy their lives. I think we need to stop talking about race entirely in this country and just talk about Americans. I mean. Ten, hundreds of thousands of Americans, leaving aside their color, have died of opioid ODs, and the only one anyone in Washington notices is George Floyd. So how do you think Americans feel about that? If your nephew or your son just died at 22 of an opioid OD, OD and Jennifer Rubin says that's great news, like, you're going to get something horrible if you keep acting that way, aren't that's you? Right. Yeah. No, it's fundamentally dehumanizing. You're completely stripping people of the thing that makes them human and basically just reducing them to points on a board. Fewer white people in this country, like you said, is a good thing. And again, if you're a white person and you hear this, what is your reaction going to be? And you're basically stoking, I mean, there's no, there's no way to put this nicely, right? You're ginning up 
racial hatred between right. different groups in this country that might otherwise get along, and you're doing it for either cynical or ideological reasons, I'm not sure which is worse, whether you really believe in this stuff or it's just a means to an end. In either case, it is anti-civilizational. If, if you want to destroy a society, this is how you do it. Exactly. Pretty amazing, huh? So uh, I want to, let's see here give you some of the information um, as far as the white population shrinking. Now, this is from the Associated Press, and uh, the non-Hispanic white population has dropped for the first time on record. And that was the 2020 census, so that's from 2010 to 2020. So in 10 years, there's been a dramatic drop in the white population and so it shows a tremendous change in just 10 years and this has obviously set off an intense partisan battle over representation where we're already divided there's already fights over voting rights now the numbers could determine the house who takes control of the house in the 2022 elections and it could also affect the electoral college for years to come because the data shows that most people that are minority will uh, vote for democrat in spite of the fact that democrats do absolutely nothing to better their lives now um americans have continued to migrate uh to the South and I guess the West at the expense of the Midwest and Northeast. So the white population fell from 63.7% in 2010 to 57.8% in 2020, the lowest on record. Uh, falling birth rates among white women compared with Hispanic and Asian is also a factor. Um, and then also the number of non-Hispanic white people shrank from 196 million to 191 million or 5 million. Now, um, we used to be, as far as white folk, the most prevalent uh, ethnic group in California. Now that's changed where Hispanics uh, have a large, large share. But actually, the ethnic group that is growing the most is uh, the Asian group, which I have no problem with. Again, I don't care about any of that. I just don't like that it's an indicator that the Democrats are they're very they're being very successful in changing the demographic of this country to where it's dominantly Democrats. And um, let's see. So the Hispanic population boomed over the decade, growing almost a quarter to 62.1 million residents in 2020. And this is accounting for over half of their overall U.S. population growth. Now, this was taken in 2020 when President Trump had pretty much um, shut the border down and was enforcing our laws. So I'm not saying that this is actually Biden's fault because the border opening that he's done since he became president will obviously reduce the numbers uh, even more dramatically. But this was after years and years and years of bad policies all the way back. Even uh, President Reagan didn't do anything about the border crisis. It's I don't, you know, Things are very simple, right? And so when you think about the border crisis and you think about President Trump, who went in and basically solved it, and then Biden basically reversed everything that he did, that tells me that it could have been solved at all points of any presidency. So the only reason it wasn't solved is, one, some want uh, open borders, two, 
Others were cowards because they were afraid they wouldn't be reelected. And uh, so anyway, we know it can be solved and that's it. And we need to watch the Hispanic group as well because what's happening is this Latin X or Latin critical theory is gaining uh, momentum within the Hispanic community and it's going to cause us problems just like uh, critical race theory has caused, caused uh, more racial division in our country with BLM, etc. Now, um, let's see here. I'm pulling up this other article to see. Okay, now, um, in The Hill, it says in, let me get you this, and all these will be in the show notes, white population declines for first time in U.S. history. New uh, census expected to say, it says, quote, the reality may be even more stark considering that the Trump administration stopped the account earlier than expected despite the co- uh, coronavirus pandemic disrupting field operations. Early indications suggest there may have been an undercount of Latinos and the most recent census experts say who are often discouraged from completing the census due to their immigration status, although the Supreme Court ruled the question could not be asked. But, you know, a lot of them may not know that. Uh, Indigenous populations have historically been undercounted as well, and many racial and ethnic groups are not listed as options, so they fall under other. Uh, People haven't recognized that Latinos are changing the face of the nation. Arturo Vargas, chief executive of Nalio Education Fund, told The Post, there is a meaningful and significant Latino population in virtually all states except maybe Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. What I would hope is that policymakers begin looking at their decisions about resource allocation and other policies through a Latino lens. So what does this mean? This means giving people more money based on your um, ethnic group. Now, um, I guess the Biden administration is looking to overhaul the census and expand existing categories for race and ethnicity. Um, But also, we have a birth rate drop. It fell to a record low in May of 2021, and it's dropping at a faster rate than the previous year. Now, what is interesting is you've got other populations that are having more and more children, especially the Muslim population. Now, I'm going to be very straightforward and say the Muslim or Islam is not a Christian religion. It, it's actually an antithesis to Christianity. So I'm not going to be those who are like, oh, it's a peace-loving religion, blah, blah. No, I'm not, because we can see by the attacks that we've had against our nation, uh, how they rule the countries that they're in control of, that radical Islam is very much a big problem. However, I will say that a lot of Muslims are peaceful, loving city uh, people. The thing is, they're having a lot of children. So if, you know, we're not careful, we're going to end up being um, maybe in trouble because of that. I don't know. So in other words, have babies, people have babies. Uh, The other thing that, and I'm just kidding there. Um, I wanted to address is the anti-white infrastructure bill. Now, the Senate passed this uh, August 10th, and it discriminates against whites at every turn. So you can expect to see this going to the Supreme Court. Now, Americans at first were very excited about spending money on infrastructure. So like bridges, roads, broadband, green technologies, not the green technologies, I could care less. But the bill is racist. Because it locates and it hands out jobs and contracts and projects based on race, not merit. So minority businesses and neighborhoods hold the inside track. If you're white, you're a low priority. 
So this bill will grant uh, give grants to install solar or wind technologies and generate jobs in areas have been designated by closing coal mines or coal-fired electric p- plants, thanks to Democrats. However, when contractors bid, the bill says minority-owned businesses will get chosen first. That's bad news for white contractors, right? Uh, and by the way, most coal miners are overwhelmingly white and they need the jobs. This is section 40209 in the bill. Also, the same thing is in traffic patterns in cities. So contractors and subcontractors will get priority if they're owned by minorities or women. That's section 11509. And so here's the thing. It's discrimination. Okay, Uh, it's against actually our Constitution. So more than likely, it will go through the um, federal courts. Uh, In 1989, the Supreme Court ruled that the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution actually bars the government from trying to even score by discriminating against whites and in favor of minorities. In fact, the um, the uh, uh, farmers experienced that. I think it was either early this year. I'm pretty sure it was early this year, and they took it to the Supreme Court and they won. Now, here's what's amazing: is the bill's backers would have you believe that obsolete airports, dilapidated public works, and deteriorating roads and public spaces are evidence of racial injustice. One person is Yvette Clark, a Democrat from New York, um, saying that our infrastructure is racist. The only response I have to that is that is the dumbest thing that I've heard outside of anything Biden has said. So that's pretty dumb. Uh, The truth is there's plenty of poor white people in this country. But remember, these people think that white people are inherently racist and that the system of America is inherently racist. Therefore, this bill is designed to reframe and reimagine the system. All right, and then over in Canada, our neighbors, university social justice agenda falsely labels whites and Christians, Christians as oppressors, says a professor. Now, this is at the Epoch Times. I have a subscription. If you don't, I highly recommend it and get the app. Uh, So it says, quote, promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion is a top issue for many Canadian universities. But an outspoken professor says such tolerance is not extended to some students and professors who are excluded with impunity due to being perceived as oppressors. When the universities say that they're promoting diversity and inclusion, they're not really telling the truth. David Haskell, a professor at Wilfrid Laurier University, told the Epoch Times. This is up in Brantford, Ontario. He's been a professor at the Faculty of Liberal Arts there for the past 15 years. And he explains that diversity is promoted as being, quote, related to immutable qualities such as the color of people's skin, skins or their sexual orientation, but it does not include ideological diversity. But he says there are certain groups that are not welcome, whether it's whites or heterosexuals or Christians, whom they have untruthfully categorized as oppressors. They don't want to have the diversity when it includes those groups. And, I mean, they're even arresting and putting people in prison there, Christian pastors, that refuse to shut down. And uh, so all of this is actually trying to fight racism with racism, right? And so he said that the ideals of this university, especially when you look at the arts, humanities, and social sciences, they're now being informed by social justice or critical theory, which I did a whole three-part series on that tied to our education and what they want to do in our school systems. And it's rooted in Marxist thought. Marxists 
by definition, are atheists. Now, some of them, like the founders of BLM, actually practice uh, witchcraft. I mean, they talk about it. Um, there's a certain religion that I talk about in those episodes on BLM. I think they were like my first um, episode two or three. But Marxists um, are against uh, God because they don't believe in his existence. So Karl's Marx idea, when you look back at his writings, there were the economically privileged and the unprivileged. Um, the economic oppressor, which is a capitalist, and the economically oppressed, which was a laborer. Now it's based on culture. So he says, quote, in Canada, the United States and the United Kingdom, the majority culture up until a few decades ago was white, and at least in terms of culture, Christian. The movement that we're now seeing, the social justice movement, has removed the economic designation as the oppressor and made it a cultural designation. So if you're part of this class that was the majority culture, you're now the oppressor. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's amazing. But if you look at, um, in his country... Asian Canadians are doing better than white Caucasians, both financially and in educational advancement. I'm about to give you some stats on how school children are suffering even with this. And again, I don't care. You know, be successful. What I don't like is when people actually throw up roadblocks to other people being successful based on the color of their skin. We've already tried that. It didn't work. That's what the civil rights movement was all about. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. is probably turning in his grave. Okay, so there's lots more on that that you can look at um, on Epoch. I want to finish off with this one in Epoch Times. White privilege rhetoric may have contributed to systemic neglect of white pupils. Now, this is over in the UK. And isn't it interesting? Canada, the UK, they were not based on the Constitution, Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence that America was uh, formed on. And I think I literally just said America. (laughs) America. Um, So they, to me, have progressed and have always been like a socialist undercurrent in their government obviously even with the theocracy there's the idea that government must take care of its people and they're very comfortable with that um we are not we escape that tyranny that's not what we want as a country and there's polls and data to show that so just because the three to five percent are screaming the loudest through a media that's been bought and paid for doesn't mean it's a reality and that's why neighbor to neighbor city to city county to county is so important So white privilege um, is a big deal, and this uh, author of this article believes that's why working-class white pupils are persistently falling behind in the UK. Uh, In Parliament, they had a committee called the Education Select Committee that um, started looking at race and ethnic disparities that um, go around the term of white privilege and it being divisive. And so they found... um, that it's actually, uh, well, they formed themselves because it was consistent with their duties under the Equality Act of 2010. And so the committee has brought forth their findings, and they, quote, warned of the risk of young people being inadvertently inducted into political movements, and they asked the Department for Education to issue clear guidance for schools and other department-affiliated organizations receiving grants on how to deliver teaching on those complex issues in a balanced, impartial an age-appropriate way. And you can download the PDF from the Epoch Times article. 
Um, but what they did is they said in uh, its 14-month inquiry on left-behind white pupils from disadvantaged backgrounds had shown that poor white pupils are far from pri- privileged in education. I mean, it's stupid. I was what you would call white trash back in the 80s. I never felt that way about myself. But I lived in a trailer park. Um, we actually uh, didn't live there our whole lives. My dad made good money, but just because of different personal things and all of that, I mean, we frequently found ourselves in trailer parks. I loved trailer parks. I thought it was a blast, um, except during tornadoes. And uh, there was no such thing as privilege. <laughs> I mean, I was a good student. I did very well. But for me, it was an out. And uh, I knew people that were of all different colors, and they had it better off than me. So when you say these things to someone that was not privileged uh, as a white person, it's really aggravating. But then on the other side, those that believe this nonsense are going to say it doesn't matter. Even if you were as poor as poor can be, because you're a white, you just had more, many more opportunities. And by the way, you're inherently racist. So it doesn't matter if you try to say, hey, I don't know what privilege is because I didn't grow up with it. You're still white, so that means you're privileged. Now, the report they wrote came like seven years after a previous House of Commons Education Select select Committee found that white working class underachievement in education is real and persistent. So they want the government to to take steps and uh, change this. And so they have um, what's called FSM and the British school system, which are free school meals. And uh, they looked at pupils in the 2018-2019 school year, and they found that white British children were one of the worst performing groups within this, this subgroup. And according or among the four- to five-year-old FSM-eligible students, 53% of the white ones met the expect, expected standard of development during that school year, um, 55% were below average. Um, that, that's, you know, that's pretty significant. And when they compared attainment eight scores, so I guess that's their standardized testing there, white British pupils had an average score of 31.8, uh, which was below average. Uh, so again, when you look at them along with the Irish traveler, the Gypsy Roma, the Chinese, the Indian, the Black Caribbean, the Black African students, um, I mean, with a you know, we're, we're right there, or they are over in uh, Britain. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen here, too. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if it already is. So the main thing, guys, <laughs> is that all of this critical race theory, all of this um, Black Lives Matter uh, movement nonsense, all of these uh, politicians, these Democrats that believe in all this crap, What's happening is they're actually harming our country. They, they are tearing it down, one ideal after another. And um, so it's, it's got to shift. It's got to change. And part of that comes through teaching your children and your grandchildren the true history of this country. Um, all the good, the bad, the ugly. Answer the tough questions. Why did we have slaves? Um, why did we have to fight a war to get rid of them? You know, ask, uh, them good questions. What do they think about this? What do they think about that? You know, do those things because we've got to instill in the next generation and try to revert the hearts of a current generation to the exceptionalism of America. God formed this nation. 
It's that plain. It's that simple. America is his idea. We are the most giving, generous, and powerful people. And like the vice president of Afghanistan told uh, Lara Logan the other day in an interview, he said, if America ceases, there is no one to replace her. He, he said, we are the most powerful. We're the most generous. We're the most innovative. We're willing to stop whatever we're doing and help other people. And yet, the flip side of that is we're actually helping people that want to harm us through taxpayer dollars, whether it's over in the Middle East to people over here that are saying white people are horrible. It doesn't matter. I keep saying over and over and over that in the Biden administration, Christians are now considered terrorists. I never thought I would live to see that. But there's pushback. And that's the good news for this one, this episode. There's pushback. People are starting to figure it out. And we don't like what we're seeing. And uh, so, uh, again, I'm not sure. I'm going out of town this week. I'm going to try to develop the downloads that I promised you in the last episode before I leave Wednesday, um, which will be in two days because I'm recording a couple episodes early. Uh, So this is, I think, the 6th today, and I'm leaving the 8th. But uh, it won't uh, come through until, I think, uh, September 13th. But anyway, uh, check at the website, thehubapostolictraining.com. Check the website. Uh, It should be in your show notes as well if I have got them developed. If not, it will be the week after. But these will be downloads that you can use to take back uh, your country. Now, um, I want to give you a recommended read. And what I'm doing is I'm pulling it up. It's called A Nefarious Plot. But I want to get you the title or the author's name. A Nefarious Plot by uh, Steve, excuse me, Steve Deese. This book is disturbing. But if you want to see who is really behind everything going on in our country, you'll want to read this book. However, I do have to give you a disclaimer. Again, it's disturbing. And so what I would recommend is after you read a chapter, turn on some worship music, read some scripture, because it will bother you. Until next week, be safe and God bless America.